Podcast, where Chase Minifield, Dom Joseph, and Max Millian discuss life lessons they've learned as young entrepreneurs in the business world. Join them as they debate current events, business topics, and enjoy a few laughs with their weekly guests. And now for today's show. What up, what up? Here we are with another episode of the CTC Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Minifield, coming to you live from L.A. Dom Joe, where you at? You already know, man. I'm in Philly, man. Holding it down. Holding it down. Philadelphia. And I watched Creed 2 for the first time today, man. We'll talk about that later. Max, what up? What up, world? I'm on my way home from New York City. So, if y'all hear some stuff in the background, I apologize. Yeah, here, we go. here we go, man. We're trying, to, we're trying to have a professional podcast. We're going to talk about that, too. But we got a, a special guest on the podcast today. A former pop group artist, solo artist, current health and fitness pro. I would say that she's one of the only current pros that we had on the podcast. Uh, (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Uh, She's been featured in Maxim Sports Illustrated, Muscle and Fitness, to name a few. So we got a we got a we got a guest that's that's killing the scene right now. What's up, (laughs) Allie? We got Allie Lee on the podcast. What's good? What's up, guys? Not that much. How are you doing? Where are you at? What's your location? Send me your location. I love that song. Um, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I'm in Kentucky today. Don't, don't. So me home, man. You, you claiming that is home, home now? No, no. <laughs> this okay. is a phrase that came rolling off my tongue. Yeah, you're at it. I'll claim that. Uh, yeah. oh, I was about to say, I don't know too many people that claim Kentucky. Hey, man. I don't know nobody that claims Kentucky. No, no, yeah, you do. No. I claim Kentucky for sure. Facts. Oh, Jesus, you're so sweet. Um, so, uh, Allie. What's up? Like, where, where, where did this, how did you get into a pop group? I just did my research here recently. So me and Allie met. We were both on a panel here in Lexington, Kentucky. And uh, I hadn't met her before then. Um, but, you know, it was good to meet her. And, you know, we had fun on the podcast, ran into each other a couple times in the city. But I started just, you know, keeping up with her via IG. And Allie is killing the game. She's in Vegas. She's in L.A. She's in Miami. She's in Kentucky. You're like, <laughs> She she's jet setting out here. You got she got to be Delta Delta Diamond Medallion um, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, they won't even let me in the Sky Club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what's up, Ali? How did how did how did we get here? Where did you where are you from? Where are you uh, where are you from? Tell everybody where you are from. Uh, what were some of your influences growing up? And just bring us up to like the group the the uh, how you were in how you were an artist. I was an artist. So I've just basically always known I was going to be an artist since the time I was super small. Um, You know, in one of those strange ways where like, even if I suck at it, like nothing could deter me from it. And I just kept on and kept on, you know? Um, So it was just my natural calling and um, I'm just stuck with it. Just stuck with it. So were were you discovered? Like, how do you even become, how do you even get recruited to a group? Dude, that's such a good question. Yeah, I had put, you know, I put myself out there for so many different things. I went to every single cattle call I could go to. I mean, I was out there. Um, and then somewhere along the line, I'm like, this was back in MySpace day. So I think somebody found me on MySpace and they were like the, the head of a, a group under Sony. And so they were charged with like putting together one, a girl group, you know, and at that time, girl groups, boy bands, all that shit was like the thing. So um, people were trying to 
bring girl groups out of Atlanta. And I think there were, my girl group was like the one at that time. And then there was another one right after that and another one after that, but pretty much it's died down after that. But we were based in Atlanta and, um, it was, it was legit as hell. <laughs> I was one of the best experiences of my life. What was the name of the group? Blase Blah. Blase Blah. And you got, y'all guys had songs that we would know possibly? Um, you know what? Probably not. They Probably we not. were hot around Atlanta and, and coming up, but, um, we actually didn't get all the way off the ground because there were some, some political squabbles within the group. And then two of us got offered solo deals after we did like a, a big showcase type thing. And so me and one of the other girls had solo deal offers and the other girls kind of just flipped shit and things went haywire. And then they were just like, you know, nobody come back. Bye. There how many people, how many people so. were in the group? Four. So it was, and none, and none of y'all knew each other before, before like y'all met or got together? No, we didn't, but we were like super fast friends. You know, they, they take seriously who they're putting in, in what groups. And so they paired us up really well. Okay, that's what's up though. I've never, I've never had that experience. I was wondering if it was kind of like a, uh, a team experience, like a football team experience, as far as just like when we kind of show up, like for for football, college football, and we we know each other like via online, like we didn't talk online. Yeah. Then, but when we get around, you know, it's a little bit different agendas as far as you know. We're obviously close, but you know, some people. Some people was a little. Some people like doing this. Dom Joe. So Dom Joe, he's on this podcast right now. We got a story when we okay. first. When we first got together, Dom Joe, I, I lent him my belt. You know what I'm saying? I lent him my belt, man, to go out mm-hmm. there. He said he needed a belt for for his pants or whatever he was wearing. You know, we used to wear like we used to wear like size 42s. You know what I'm saying? So he needed a belt. <laughs> and, uh, Hold on, talking about Chase. You act like you didn't wear size 42. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, I said, I said, we, I said we used to wear size 42s. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm saying. And, and uh, so he he had to have a belt. Um, but Hold on, stop it. Before we get into the story, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. But Chase, you did wear the backwards jersey too. Back. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. It was a, it's a ridiculous <laughs> um, But we needed a, he needed his belt though, so I was trusted him. And you know, I, I, me and Joe, we've known each other for for about obviously we met a couple times, but being in each other's presence less than a week. You know what I'm saying? Hey, so I looked at my belt, and you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is my man's right here. I want to start off strong with him. And you know, long story short, I don't think I ever seen that belt again. He he threw up, he blacked, <laughs> he blacked out, threw up. You know what I'm saying? All over my oh belt, my man. And uh, you like how Chase is using this experience to call you out about stealing his belt like 20 years ago? We still we still bros in this day, man. You know why? Because uh, you, down, Joe, you ain't gonna stick your toe in the water. You know what I'm saying? I let the night get the best of man, but guess what? I got right back up the next day, act like it ain't never happened. <laughs> yeah. So that's a story and stuff. Dealing with new people, how to, how how new people mesh, learning on the fly, and things of that nature. So you guys just bounce out of the group. You bounce, and some other girl but just bounce. Y'all was just like, all right, bump this. this is, I don't want to split. The yeah, money. dude. I mean, and, and it was crazy too because we were all like, you know, we lived together, we trained together every day, we did media training every day. Like we were close, close. Um, that, and that was the whole thought process behind it to get it close together so we're close on stage. Um, but yeah, then when it was over, it was like literally one day it was just completely over. And I had just spent two years in Atlanta, like doing my thing all the time, every day. And then all of a sudden I was just like, shit, what am I, what do I do? Like, I have to go get like a regular job and like, just start over from scratch. I've had to start over from from scratch like 20 times. So it's nothing new, but at that point it was still pretty new. (laughs) 
So how do you even go about starting back from scratch? Like how how do you how do you take that mentally? I'll be watching your IG and you know what I'm saying you seem like you're in a good head spice. You have good vibes. You have the good vibes on yes. that. So how do you how do you what do you think about like how, what's your advice for somebody and what did you do to start from square start from square one and not I mean did it affect you when you when you first did it or did you get more comfortable with it talk us through that yeah um, when I you know getting knocked all the way off your square when you're thinking you're you know about to sign a record deal like your shit's about to pop off that you've been working on for two years it definitely takes you down a notch. Um, and so, yeah, I had to go back to working like a regular job. I remember at that point I went home to Tallahassee and I started um, teaching dance classes. And in order to get any time like to myself in the studio, uh, my job was like cleaning the toilets and just going around doing the basic shit, sweeping. And, you know, so it was just a totally different experience um, from what I'd just been in. And um, so, yeah, it knocks you down. <laughs> psychologically for a second but honestly dude this is just what I was born to do so it was just a matter of like taking a break and then getting back on the horse that's all that's it I was just yeah. talking about that today um as far as we were talking about the times that I fell down and had to get back up and this is new and I was like you know every time I was at my lowest there was, I always had somebody that said they believed in me and it was two different yeah times. um in high school I tore my ACL before I went to college. I was on football scholarship at UVA, and I was I was in that I was in a mindset where I'd have messed this all up. I'd have messed everything up. They ain't gonna mm-hmm. keep my scholarship. I'm gonna be at home. I'm gonna be back on the. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be at, at the crib, not knowing what to do. And um, you know, I didn't want to call Coach Grow, who was our coach at the time, and tell him I tore my ACL playing basketball. And uh, <laughs> after we had that conversation, he told me, you know. I, I, that was one of the hardest conversations I ever had. I was like, yo, I tore my ACL and I was playing basketball when I tore it. I wasn't even like training for football or anything like that. Like I'm doing something way outside of yeah. what I'm supposed to be doing. And right. he was like, well, we're going to stick with you. We're going to stick next to you. And we're going to uh, honor your scholarship and because we believe in you. So that was one time. And then also a second time was at the Washington Redskins when – I was a I was a rookie. I was an undrafted free agent. I signed a contract that said, if you hurt your right knee again, we are not going to honor this contract. <laughs> We're not going to honor this contract uh, for like injury reserve or anything like that or workers comp. So I signed that. And I ended up hurting my right knee uh, right, right before the end of like uh, off season. So I was like, man, I just flew out of there. I didn't even tell nobody I was leaving. Uh, yeah. Once they told me that I tore my ACL, I was like, all right, I booked the flight. The next morning was gone. I'm like, it's over. <laughs> They ain't gonna, I don't know why I'm going to stay here or anything. I ain't about to go in there and beg for nothing or anything like that. So right. they called me and they were like, we don't know where you're at. We don't know where you're at. Where are you? You're supposed to be at the at the, at the, uh, at the, uh, the training room right now. You're supposed to be in the training room right now. We don't know where you're at, but uh, we're going to keep you around. We're not cutting you or anything. I was like, I'm trying to go cut me. It was like, no, nah, we're going to keep you around. We're going to put your injury reserve. Like that. So those were two times where somebody, when I was like, I thought I messed up for sure, for sure. And was like, done. <laughs> Where somebody said, you know, we trust you, we believe in you, we want to see what you can do and be better. And those kind of things picked me up in those situations where I was about, like, I was really down, down, out and out. So um, yeah. that's a thought process. So singing, you, you, you're a performer or you're a singer? What do you think? You know, I mean, honestly, like, I just do whatever I do and then people watch it. And so <laughs> that's kind of how it's always been my whole life. Sometimes I sing, sometimes I dance, sometimes I wiggle and just kind of shake around and we don't know what to call that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> just vibing. Uh, right. 
So how was your solo career? What was your solo career experience like? Well, talk to us about that. So you've been down, now you get back on the horse doing the solo thing. How did that process? Yeah. yeah so um, right at that point, like when I got back, uh, when I went back to Tallahassee, um, I kind of just took a couple months and like with my best friend, I was like, dude, we need to get in just like fire ass shape. I don't know why. Basically, I just do everything intuitively. And something was telling me like get in fire ass shape. So for like two, two months, we just, we ran like miles and miles every day and I'm not a runner. So that speaks like loudly to what I was trying to accomplish. And, um, so after a few months we, we did look good and I was like, all right, we can start, like, I can start auditioning for different types of things. And just, you know, like I said, intuitively things just started coming to me as to what I should be doing. So I got on whatever websites I could get on. I started going to whatever auditions I could get, go to. And then, um, I don't remember who hooked me up with what in Atlanta, but I, I was booking a lot of stuff in Atlanta because I lived in Tallahassee. It was only like four hours away. And um, then I started dancing in the clubs, like go-go dancing. I got a job at one of the places and then somebody hired me at another. And then I ended up at all the places. Um, and after a while I ended up kind of organizing the girls and um, you know, I was doing different kinds of dance and I was wearing two different colored tennis shoes and not doing the whole pole dancing thing. So I was, setting myself apart and kind of dancing for, you know, in a different way, in a different light in a, you know, than the clubs had been having at that time. So, um, after that, let me think what happened after that. Oh yeah. At that point I got scooped up by bodybuilding.com and that's where I kind of started off with fitness. Um, and I was still like taking a break pretty much from, from music cause there's not really any point in producing or working on anything too heavily once you've come out of a girl group situation unless you're going to produce it on a bigger scale you know so I wasn't just like fucking around yeah and um but then I how do you get scooped with- how do you get scooped by bodybuilding.com just like is this a is this an application process or people just no. like who you know what you know type situation or who knows you yeah that's definitely a who knows who situation somebody saw me somewhere doing something and then yeah um that was pretty, that was definitely like luck of the draw type thing. I needed that. <laughs> um, but yeah, they hired me because at that point they were trying to, uh, represent a more well-rounded female aesthetic type feel, which is still what I represent, but that was why they hired me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I started off with them and then, um, I, got with Keith Thomas, who was a producer I'd been trying to work with for a long time. Um, when I was in Atlanta and he was in Nashville, so only four hours away again. Um, Keith Thomas was like, the fucking shit did all Whitney Houston stuff has like 50 number one records, crazy, crazy stuff. Um, and so I don't, I don't remember how it worked out that I was like in Nashville or going to Nashville or something. And he agreed to meet up with me. Um, shit. My details are foggy, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but at that point, I know that we recorded the song Peter right there. Um, and then that went to radio and did pretty good, pretty well. <laughs> and then I did my second single, Sun Soaked, which is in a totally different genre. And everybody was like, dude, you can't switch genres after one song. But I was already fully aware that that one song was, that was just one song. It didn't, mm. it wasn't, you know, it wasn't me. It wasn't going to go anywhere or do anything. So I was like, no, we got to start, we got to switch genres and start all the way over basically. But everybody was like, no, that's the dumbest idea ever. <laughs> so I was like, well, that's what I'm going to do because that's what I intuitively feel to do. I can't do anything else. It won't be authentic. Mm-hmm. And so my second single actually did better on the radio. And, um, 
so that was really, really positive for me. That was a big turning point to like hear my second single on the radio when just mad people were telling me, dude, you're an idiot. <laughs> and I was like, ha feels good. Um, you, but they you were like right stuck to your like gut. You stuck to your gut type situation. Is that like something you, sure. you've like seen over and over that your intuition is usually right? Or is it like, I'm going to do what I want to do anyways, regardless of what anybody else is trying to tell me to do? Oh yeah. Well, my intuition is definitely right. Like that's the power. Like I'm super conscious. So um, I've been working on that practice my whole life. So when I like, if my intuition speaks, it speaks. Um, but also, yeah, I have a little bit of buck the system in me naturally um, mm-hmm. because the system's wrong naturally. So it is what it is, you know, um, that makes me inherently right. right. What is your, what is your uh, sign? I'm a Pisces. Pisces. Yeah. Um, Super watery. That's cool though. So, so you've been on the radio, done that, done yeah. this, um, signed up with bodybuilding.com. In, in super shape at this point is what's your I mean what's your workout routine how do you get in super shape did you like lose a certain amount of weight uh like what 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 is super shape like um well so I was a professional ballet dancer for many many years so it, yeah. it, it comes to me naturally to just try and stay in shape um but after high school I think like <laughs> I, I took a couple months off of everything and just drank and like hung out with my friends and I probably gained like 10 pounds <laughs> But for me, on my friend, that was a lot of weight. So I was like, mm, no, nah, this is not going to work for me. Um, and at that point, it just, who knows when and why you get serious about it. But that was the point for me. I guess probably because that was the point where I was like, okay, I'm out of high school. I'm definitely about to go perform in some capacity somewhere, which I did like three months after high school is when I got scooped up by the girl group. So um, like I said, intuitively, I just knew like, I need to be in shape right now. I'm going to be performing soon. No idea why, but. No, that's what's up. So, so what is your training regimen like? Like, are you doing? Are you doing two days? If if, if fitness is such an important part of like being in, I guess we can work on your uh, health and fitness pro. Like, how does that look? Like, we know what it looks like from like training for sports, but how do you stay in tip top shape? Um, you know, honestly, like I I really just pay attention to my body and I I listen to it and I don't just do the same shit over and over again. Um, that's what I see so many people in the gym doing. Uh, so it's like, I, I don't understand the mentality behind that. Like once you've done something a couple of times and it's not working for you, like try something else. So I've tried anything and everything under the sun. And when I find what works for me, I stay with it until I feel myself plateau. And that's another thing. Lots of people aren't in tune with themselves enough to know when they need to switch it up, when they need to take a day off, when they need to train two a days, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely don't, uh, I definitely don't know that. I just know, uh, bust my head on the wall until I tell it, tell it break. <laughs> so, that's, that's, that's about it for me. Uh, I'm, I'm a personally, when it comes to workout routines, man, I'm going to keep it a beam, man. I'm not really, to me, all you got to do is go hard and it's going to work. Like, yeah, I don't really, I don't really buy that brand of, oh, this doesn't work for me. And that doesn't work. For me. Man, just go hard. If you go hard, for a good 45 minutes at your workout, man, and you consistent with it, you know what I'm saying? Then right. you'll get results. That's, that's absolutely the right, the right philosophy. But if you're going to try to take it to like the next, next level, then you got to get to a place where you're like, all right, I'm going to give it an hour and a half and I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and I'm not going to fucking stop until I'm done. You know, like you, you, there's another mentality to it when you're going to go like all the way shredded. But if I'm just trying to maintain, I'll just walk in there for 45 minutes and go hard. And that's it. That's all I have to do. 
all the way shredded. I don't know if we Shreddy, on that. I don't, I don't know if we on that level. Uh, to be honest, lean, baby. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, shoot, but but that, that's a point though that we should talk about consistency. Um, and what Ali just said was the fact of you know like I used to have this mindset of if I write it down, I'm gonna do it. So you know how you kind of write down your like workout plan before you hit yeah. the gym instead of like doing it on the fly. Like some people, like you know what you're gonna do before you get there. And then, like, I'm like, all right, I said I'm going to do 12 reps. Like, I'm going to knock out 12. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not going to – like, holding yourself accountable and staying consistent through that process. So – Yes. Do you talk to that as far as your routine and other people that you may be around as far as the, y'all in the shredded mode? Like, how do you how do you stay consistent and hold yourself accountable to not cut corners and do things of that nature? You know what? Honestly, I'm, I will totally credit that to the discipline that I acquired through dance and ballet – which is funny because I hear people talk about sports all the time and people never give credit to the intensity and what it takes to be a professional dancer, um, especially at a young age, man. It's, a, it's, it's really a crazy, crazy world. Um, but the discipline that you learn from that and from intensive ballet, especially at a young age, like I've carried that discipline through. So if I attempt anything and I'm serious about it, like I'm going hard at it and I'm going to win at it in the story. And if I don't like, I mean, like if I'm not that interested in it, I'm just probably not going to do it. You know what I mean? Let's talk about ballet, man. Like what, talk to us about ballet. Like how I, I know I can never <laughs> do ballet. That's something I know for sure. I can't do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Pretty boys football feet. You could do ballet. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you're doing. Like the the toes, that thing just looks like it hurts. All those different type of things like that. So, what qualities and characteristic comes with being a ballet dancer? Um. So, it like, dude, it's it's tiring. It's exhausting, and you're in constant competition mode. And there's uh, there are. Uh, there's body dysmorphia all around you. So like, especially when you're young and you're trying to be the best at it, it's a, um, it's just a really, really intense sport. I think all, you know, all high level sports like that are pretty intense probably, but um, dancing was ballet was probably my favorite type of dance um, because of that discipline and intensity required. And because that's one of those things that sets you apart. If you do have that level of discipline, you're probably going to move to the top, which is why I was good at it. And that's what I like. I only like to do stuff if I know I'm going to be good at it or, if, you know, if I naturally enjoy it. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> Dom, Dom and Max, have y'all guys ever done ballet? You know, there's a thing that football players should do a ballet. Yeah. Out there, make sure you <laughs> No, nah, I used to go to ballet. I mean, you, you, you hear that growing up, but that's something I never, I never tried. I'm a little top heavy. I don't know if my ankles. A little top heavy. Heavy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, I used to go to ballet, so I um, got tremendous respect for uh, ballerinas and uh, male ballerinas. Thank you. Yeah, they jump high, yo. Them yeah. dudes jump high as hell, yo. When you see that yeah, thing live, you're like, damn. <laughs> that's, coming from, like that's coming from a guy with a small vert. So we're going to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, bro. I'm telling you, them boys got like Julio Jones verts, though. I ain't going to lie. So we're let's keep this thing going. Uh, so Maxim, Sports Illustrate, Muscle and Fitness, how do you become so widely published? And what is the brand that you represent? 
Oh, shit. I represent Allie Lee all day, every day, baby. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just so full of shit. Um, right now, I represent BSN Supplements and um, the No CBD and Fitness World magazine. Okay. Yeah, dude. Let me just go ahead and um, throw this in there. I've got a cover dropping on the 26th of this month, whichever month we're in. Somebody help me out here. November? November. Got it. Yeah. So, 26th of November, y'all be looking out for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, I mean, how does this world even work? So, I'll be seeing you going to the conferences, you going to the events. Um, Is this kind of like, is this kind of like, um, I don't know, I feel like you guys are influencers for these brands, um, but it's like more than that as far as just like, it's not social media. Like, y'all are traveling with these people, y'all are like signed athletes pretty much. How, How do you... How, how does this stuff work for in the fitness space, health and fitness uh, industry? Um, you know what? It's kind of weird. The whole fitness industry is shifting, I feel like. Um, everything is kind of up in the air, and people are figuring out um, new ways to do everything. So athletes are getting traveled, um, and teams are getting pulled together, and uh, people are learning different ways to work the media to their advantage, I think. So I guess um, – you know, all that cross promotion is helping all of us out. Definitely. Um, so how does, how does a Maxim and a sports illustrator come about or men and health? Is it just who, you know, what, you know, type situation again? Yeah, for sure. So you just, once you get in it, once you, once you get started, then, uh, you know, things start rolling. Do you ever feel yeah, like it's a know, time where you have to do more to try to get more? That. Do you ever feel like there's a situation where like you have to do more to get more? Or do you feel like once I get started, the ball keeps rolling, it just keeps rolling downhill. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh you- no, dude, this, this industry is total entrepreneurship. Like it can go up and down and just stay the fuck down if it wants to. And the up is you're lucky, you know? So, um, I, it, shit, I'm, I'm lucky to get anything and everything that I get and I hope it stays steady. <laughs> So how do you get your? Is it, is it like they meet you at a conference or something, and be like, "Hey, we got this. We got this cover. We about to do. We would like for you to do this thing." Yeah, um, and then I'll just like I book random photo shoots. Um, I'll book parties or, um, really like it just depends if it's if it's a public event or um, an appearance type thing or a photo shoot uh, or it pays me super well like. Game over. <laughs> Game over. Game over. Little flip. What you know about that? Yeah. Uh, Dom, Max, what you guys got for? Uh, uh, hold on, before we get to the questions, Ali. So tell everybody what you're at now. What you do? Um, I know you're very like family oriented and things of that nature. If you want to talk about any of that, how does it feel to be like a mother and do this crazy schedule? How do you balance that type of stuff? Um, oh man, I have my mom's health, which is definitely by far and above the biggest thing. Um, yeah, mom is, mom is the jam. So I couldn't do any of this without her. And she definitely knows I'm in a rebuild. You know, I just got divorced, uh, uh, I guess a year ago and it was kind of crazy, toxic marriage, toxic divorce situation, you know, so I'm like legit rebuilding my personal life from that whole experience. And, um, and really he had totally been in that kind of a marriage stifles your career, stifles just your whole perception of yourself and the directions that you think you can go and the avenues that are really available to you. So Mm -hmm. now that I'm just like, my mind is outside of the cage I was in. I'm looking at the different avenues and just kind of slowly reembarking on, on my path, you know? That's what's up. 
So another, <laughs> another time, a situation where you feel like you're knocked down and you're like building yourself back up. Exactly. After, but go ahead. I was going to say this time it feels really, really good though, because this time um, it, it was like, I was definitely knocked down for a purpose. And surely when you're younger, you don't see it that way. But like when you lose a toxic marriage, but you get to start all the way fresh, it's like, Oh shit, that feels so good. <laughs> knocked down for a purpose. Right. A, lot of, a lot of people don't, you know, we talk about how important purpose is. And living for purpose and, you know, like not cutting corners um, and things of that nature. But I, I bet I bet you if, if somebody tells you like, hey, I'm going to knock you down. I'm going to knock you down because you need to like this is for your better good. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. That's like an uncomfortable I'm like, state. dude, punch me square in the face. Put me on the ground. That's definitely different than most people would think. So um, that's dope. I feel like that's that's one of your qualities that's super dope and it's going to always carry you to, through to positive situations is the fact that like hey, if I'm not supposed to be here like I'm cool with not being here and finding where I'm supposed to be at um, yeah yeah because that is the thought process is like I legit don't want to be anywhere that I'm not supposed to be I'm too in tune with myself to to be comfortable in situations that aren't in high vibration which is where I'm headed you know for sure for sure Don Max what you guys got y'all guys got anything yeah. yeah. Um. So ahead, I mean, Ali, you, yeah, you do a lot, man. And um, like, what would you say the most challenge? What's the most challenging part of like your career, man? Because you got a lot going on, and it just seems like you got to deal with a lot of sudden changes. So, what would you say the most challenging part of your career is? Um, it's probably the constant hustle. Like being an entrepreneur, it really is like, it's just a, who do you know? When do you know them? How are you going to get here? What are you going to do? How do you balance your budget? Like the, the straight constant hustle, but really I'm, I'm, I live in kind of like a meditative state. So when I need to like Zen and just breathe, I'm pretty good at pulling all my energy back into myself. And then like the next day I'll be like, time to roll again and I'll start thinking of things and working on things and planning things. You know, it's like you have to have 25 balls in the air and hope that two or three of them drop, you know? Do you, do you meditate? Oh shit. Yeah. I was uh, that's I a, that's a, that's like, a I, get, I want to learn. Just, I want to be good at is meditation. And I have yes, it's so important. Like, how do you get started with meditation? And how do you like, how do you even start it? Because I, I, I've tried it before. Dom Max, have you guys ever tried to meditate? <laughs> what you say? I have. Yeah, you, I have you tried to, to meditate? Meditate. I used to try to meditate like almost every night before bed. Um, Good man. And I just I couldn't get to like past more than five minutes. So now I, I do like a quick one minute one, and I read before bed to get to sleep. A one minute, John. Uh, Dom, I know you get past it, man. I know Dom ain't never tried to meditate. That boy, he probably boy, he got so many energies. He got to get right within his system. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey man, I'm gonna keep it a bean with you. I'm gonna keep it a bean, dog. I don't meditate, man. You know what I'm saying? I bet, you know, I, if I, I don't meditate. You know what I'm saying? If I'm up late or No, nah, so tell, tell us I'm why relaxing. you shy away. I, I mean, it's not really shying away, man. I'm just so, I, I don't feel like I, I don't feel like I need to, I guess. I, maybe it's not meditation. Like, I could, like, self-reflect. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I don't need to actually have to, like, cross my legs then and, like, close my eyes and meditate. Like, for me, that, like, gets my antennas down. Okay, so yo, that's that's exactly what I was gonna say. Is this is what so many people think is that you have to sit down, cross your legs, and go into like some Zen mode. That's super not it. You are meditating when you're relaxing and being conscious, and like that is it's a meditative state. So like when you're just being that way, you're in a meditative state. But consciously meditating is different, and you can do it in like 
So Chase, like you should totally start. It's going to change your life. Basically. Um, the whole point behind it is to bring your energy inwards and to open, to like completely clear your mind so that it's open and that your so your traumas and your bullshit that's your actual mind isn't in your mind anymore. You clear your mind of all of that and then you let come to you what's actually in your higher self. And so it's it it can get really, really crazy. Um, but Chase, I really think you will like it. I hope to hear what you think about it. Yeah, I'm going to come to you for some meditation sessions or something like that. Because I'm literally like, you know, Dom Joe has a like media TV version of meditation. You know what I'm saying? He needs a, he needs a bad <laughs> water running. You know, he needs all that different type of stuff that he sees on TV. He's like, I can't do that. I don't have no time to do that. But for me, I feel like I need it because there's so many things going on at once. And I need help slowing things down to a pace before yeah. I get back into the like the the highway traffic of life. You know what I'm saying? So that's the reason why I want to get in tune with doing things like that as a fact of because everything runs. I've been to the point where I've been like checked out. Like I done got I just ran myself into the ground and I'm like throw my phones in the garbage. Like don't nobody call me, text me, touch me for the next 36 hours. Like I literally like got to the point where I'm crashing. I'm going to sleep. Don't nobody talk to me. I don't care if your checks is due tomorrow or in the five hours. Like, don't call me, text me. I'm not answering nothing. Like, I've gotten to that point, especially in the summer. Yeah. Uh, when our season, when our business is most busy. But like, I've gotten to that point. So I know for a fact I need to learn how to better control my energies. Uh, yeah. So I don't get over like like overwhelmed and like feel like I'm like a a car that's overpressured and, and over high. That's over- exactly right. That's exactly what it's like. You're like a car that's over pressure and you have to find a balance within you so that you can literally like vertically integrate all of your energies. That's what, that's what healing and aligning your chakras is all about. It's just vertically integrating your shit so that you can see more clearly what's actually important and what's not. And then you don't have to bother being mad about stuff all the time. It gets really, really interesting when you're not really a part of the matrix type of living. You don't give a fuck about everything else. Mm-hmm. So how did you start this? Oh, I was born this way. Oh, he was born this way. He was meditating in in two <laughs> No, was, I've, I've, <laughs> since I've been little, like real little, I've um I've had visions, I've had, you know, um just experiences, paranormal experiences that that pushed me into really I I know about this stuff because it comes naturally to me, so I had to learn about it so that I wasn't like, holy shit, I'm a fucking crazy person. You know, that's what everybody else calls me. <laughs> Hey, hey, whatever the world says is usually wrong. To be honest, uh, I, that's a that's a good thing. Usually, <laughs> <a good> <laughs> you know. What yeah, I'm I don't have any choice. It's just who I am. So it's like, uh, you know, it's whatever. Um. So yeah, no, we're gonna get together. We're gonna we're gonna try to figure this out. Uh. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're gonna try to figure this out. And we're gonna get Dom on the on the meditation space as well. Hold on. Yeah, you think no, like, like say you got a partner yeah. meditating with your partner together. Do yes. you like Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so listen, listen. I'm all about okay, so I read tarot cards, I read energy, I read intuitively, I know people's situations. I can look at them and I'll be like, Oh I should I know what you're going through. You got this guy on the side. You know, I just know people what they're what they've got going on. Hold on. And so yeah. hold on, hold on. <laughs> You're a tarot Don't card reader? Yeah. You're a tarot card reader? <laughs> <laughs> Boys, I'm trying to let y'all know, okay? <laughs> I'm about to try this out one day. I'm about to try this out one day. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Listen, 
high consciousness relationships are something people are just really figuring out and understanding what they are. And it is just, it's really like a whole different level. Yeah. You meditate, you do real conscious shit with your partner and it's, it's crazy, crazy. Like you won't have sex with somebody that's not conscious once you've been in that type of relationship. Cause you'll be like, this is pointless. I'm not, not even doing it. Can't waste my time. Can't waste nope, my time. Do it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, that's, that's, I mean, that's even, that's even, we, we got a late night podcast where we get into sexual relations. I get kind of deep, you know what I'm saying? As far as just like yeah. spirits and souls and things of that nature. That's deep to be honest with you. Like, I don't even know if we have that much time to even go through that. Like, if you feel like you're not lying with somebody and you are like actively like um, interacting with them, that's like, that's like, uh, uh, like passing of like, identities and souls and all those different type of things like that Dude. things that i'm sure i'm sure ali could talk to but i i, I don't know donja what you think <laughs> man i mean my thing is man if you are if, if you plan to be with this partner for life i feel like it's something that's going to have to come eventually because it's like all right like what's next you know what i mean so you got to connect with your partner on that higher level so that way it's not just like superficial and it'll you know last a lifetime Exactly. Like you just simplified everything that I made into this big complex mumbo jumbo. So thank you for that. But yeah, the man, the man understands. That's the idea. (laughs) Well, speaking of relationships, speaking of relationships, this is a great segue to my fair foul this week. So uh, I got a good fair foul that I just want to get your guys' opinion on. Um, So if you and your girlfriend, Let's just say girlfriend. Girlfriend move in with each other. We're not even going to take it to the marriage space yet. But if you and your girlfriend move in with each other at an apartment, is it okay to split the rent? Hmm. Of course. Interesting. Okay, we've gotten of course. Um. I don't think so, but that's... So. Max is a no. Dom Joe is a yeah. Allie, what do you say? My, my personal opinion for me personally is I'm paying my half of the rent, and I might pay the whole rent because it's my place. Ooh. Okay. And, and that's what I'm talking about. There are different types of partnerships and different expectations when you're in different types of partnerships. There you go. Yeah, I think, I th- I think ultimately that's the, that's the uh, goal. That's the, what it should be. Every relationship is different, and as long as those two partners have a mutual understanding of what's going on yes. in the relationship, then that's what it is. But like, Exactly. I mean... Splitting the rent, like, I mean, I don't understand where that, like, as long as both people are paying their half of their rent and it's affordable and that's what they agreed on, you know what I'm saying? Then I don't see anything wrong with it. Teamwork makes the dream work. You right. I mean? You got to have a teamwork. I think I think it depends. And all the reason I say that, so, um, you know, for me personally, when I came to move with my girlfriend, you know, I ended up just buying a place. So... Uh, I bought a place where I wanted to live and, you know, got all the money I want. So if you are going to want to have more say, you know, I think you shouldn't have to ask them to split the rent. That's not what they want to live. But, you know, if you guys both decide that's where you want to live and, you know, you both mutually want to live there, then, yeah, you should split it. But if one person's like, well, this is what I want and, you know, it might be a little more expensive, then you should have to pay for that. When, such yeah. a good question. When did, it ever, when did it ever stop the... Um, so when did the dynamic of the 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 down south? Allie, you're from Florida, so you should definitely understand these mm-hmm. rules. Uh, but you already said you bucked the rules, bucked the system. So <laughs> when did, when did when did it stop to the point where 
the guy is like the guy that provides everything. Because that's not balanced. And why should men have to be in an unbalanced energy with themselves just because our society has dictated it that way? No, men are just human beings. They need to be revered and respected. And yeah, they naturally are going to, in their most masculine energy, they're going to go out and make money. And, and women also have masculine energy and go out and make money too. They also have feminine energy. And then the men have feminine energy too. And both of those parts of both of those people need to be respected and, and, you know, not undermined in any way so that those two people can come together on some kind of an even keel. So is it not okay? Let's say you're bringing your half to the table. When does the, when does the guy get kicked out for not doing his part? I think, I think yeah, you're just talking about all subjective stuff right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, why do we have to talk to this guy? That's for a whole other podcast. You know? Yeah, exactly. Y'all know me. I'm a big, well, Allie, you, you don't know, but you'll figure out soon. I'm a big slippery slope guy. Once things start rolling, <laughs> they start rolling. So, you know what I'm saying? I like that. You short, like that. You short 50 on this one? All right, I'm going to cover you 50. Next week is 100. Next week is 200. Next week, I'm going to Venmo you my, pay, my half. You pay it all up front. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't go down those roads, and I just kind of like, I don't know. See, I'm not very, I'm very, see, Allie, she's very like, Right, it is what it is. We are where we are, right? I'm very structured. That's what I'm trying to get out of my structure. You are. Yeah, I was gonna say, what's your sign? Uh, are you Aries. a Taurus? Yeah. Aries. Oh, you're an Aries. That makes sense. Um, why, does that, why does that make sense? Dom's a Gemini. Uh, I'm an Aries. Max, what are you again? I'm February 26th, you, man. I don't know anything about the signs or any of that stuff. I don't follow February 26th. What is February 26th? Know, did, yeah, you know? Ooh, I want to say that's Pisces, but I feel like that's wrong. I don't like Pisces, to be honest with you. Um, Man, um you know, I'm a Gemini, so you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah, it is Pisces. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Yeah. Pisces is so so fire. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, you're you're super uh, you're super grounded and super structured, and we're gonna get a little bit of flow in there. I promise. Get a little bit of flow, hustle and flow. I got the hustle. I just need some flow. You know what I'm <laughs> I don't really, I don't really buy these uh, these uh, horoscopes and all that, man. Because I feel yeah, like I can relate to a lot of them. Nah, you know oh, shit. Okay, <laughs> I so can horoscope. Let me, I could oh, be a Taurus. <laughs> I could be a Cancer. <laughs> okay, so it. here's how I'm gonna explain this to you really super fast. So you have probably all of the signs within your chart, but you have a specific story that's going on in your life. Everybody falls into storylines. Like this is one of those things I used to know when I was super young, and it's still true today. Everything falls into one of five categories. Whatever experience you're having is leading you to one of five uh, results, basically. I can't tell you what the five results are. I don't have that information. I'm just telling you this is the structure of the universe. So you do have lots of different shit in your chart, but you, if you listen to a bunch of general readings, you're not going to relate necessarily. If you have a personal reading, like if I sat down and told you what was going on in your stars, in your chart, in your cards, you'd be like, oh, shit, I've known this one forever because I can look at you and know what's going on in your personal life. You can't hide from me, boy. Set this up. You gonna set this up. You gonna set this up. I want to see Dom Jones reading. I want to see Dom Jones reading when he's in Lexington. We gonna go get it set up. Uh, <laughs> Ali, Dom Joe, it's gonna be live on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? So it's gonna be lit. Um, but yeah, I mean, for us with football, like I feel like there's very few football players that are in tune with themselves. Like we are yeah. so, we're so. Like, train to kill 
if that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> like we're trained to kill. Like like literally, there's no emotion. There's no. Um, that's a lie. What do you mean there's no emotions, man? Chase, you might be the most emotional person the night before the game I ever seen in my life, man. Emotion to care. Caring for others. Caring for others. Like, that's the type of emotion I'm talking about. Like, care for others. Like, it's empathy. Yeah. It's empathy. Militant style. Like, we're militant style, and we're like almost like credit to be there from like coaching all the way from like coaching from little league. At least my coach was my, my coach was my dad. He plays no games when it comes to being soft. All right. So, you know what I'm saying? Like we, right. all, all is the priority. Yeah. So at the end of the day, like I felt like I've been raised or in, I think as a sports in general, or even like the culture of society of what a man is and hear me here. I go with my boundaries again. Oh, uh, the fact of like, um, you know, you are this certain. We are this certain way. You don't show these these different types of traits and, like you said, the feminine, the male, and all these different types of things like that. Like we're born to, or we're not born to. We're like society has trained us to continue to be this uh, prideful uh, male figure, head of the pack type person. Um, yeah. Dom, Max, Ali, what you guys? You guys have anything to say about that and why that is for like? Our sport specifically with football, I don't know. I can't talk to anybody. Um, yeah. Changing now, and I think it's. A, I mean, it's a big part of football, obviously, just because it's such an aggressive sport. I mean, you, know, you you basically tell somebody, look, go run over there and try to take this dude's head off, and you know it's kind of hard to run no into somebody's head. Yeah, and, and you can't be cry or soft about it. You know, don't show any weakness. You can't lay on the field. You know. I was watching a soccer game the other day, and I was like, "Man, if we did this every time we got hit, the you find the football games would be seven hours long." But mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's it's starting to change, and you know, they're saying the generations below us are starting to become a little bit. I guess soft's not the best word, but that's the word I use. Case in point, I know y'all remember Ron Prince. Al, you wouldn't know him, but this guy cussed every other word um, when he was talking to us. Would yell at players, you know, oh, and call you the dumbest person he ever met, etc. And, you know, no one really thought to, you know, no one really thought about it much after when, he, when we were going through it, but he just went to Howard and he had the parents of the kids calling and complain to the head of the school so much that he got suspended. And I was just thinking like, man, when we were out there, if, if we found out that you called or had your parents call and complain because the coaches were you, you might be, yeah, you might get kicked off the team yourself or voted oh. off by the players. So I'm just looking back like, man, it's, it's changing like that brings another point up though that brings another point up though Max so this past week we had the issue of the fight the helmet the guy hit the guy with the helmet with the situation watch TV anything like that yeah Allie are you familiar with this no, somebody hit okay. the helmet. I don't, I don't own a yeah, TV. That's what happened. Yeah, I was, I was, that's why I asked. Do you watch TV? You know what I mean? No, she's I don't. Too, she's too attuned with herself to watch TV. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, um, this past game or this past week, uh, one of the players for the Cleveland Browns, Miles Garrett, pulls off the quarterback's helmet in the middle of a scuffle and <laughs> proceeds to hit him over the head with his own helmet. So there was this big, there was this big like thing in the in the news about um, how much should he be spending? He could have killed a guy. He should be going out in handcuffs. All these different types of things like that. Um, so just to give you like the long the 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 quick rundown on it, but essentially he got suspended for the rest of the year. 
and all these other things. But if the they was they was debating if this guy should press charges for this guy hitting him in the head in the helmet during the game. So I want to just start with Don and Max and get their opinion. I know Don's opinion. I've talked to him a little bit about it. Max, what's your opinion on that, man? Should a guy should a guy be able to be taken off in handcuffs for something happening within the realm of the sport? Man, in terms of Miles Garrett and what he did, not a chance. And I only say that because um, what's his name? After the scuffle was over, before Miles Garrett swung him the head of the helmet, he rushed him with no helmet. Why would you? You know, every football player knows once you lose your helmet, get off the field. You know, you don't get hurt out there. So, um, I mean, it, it, this is just – I don't know if you guys remember back in the day, the, like I think it was Florida, some, the two Florida teams, and they had the picture of the guy cleaning the dude with no helmet on. I can only imagine what would happen if that happened, you know, in this day and age. But, look, it's football, man. You know, arguing scuffles happen. The scuffle happened. If the quarterback hadn't charged him afterwards, he would have never got swung on with the helmet. So, while Miles Garrett should definitely be suspended, that quarterback, he should also get, you know what I'm saying, something. Suspended for a game, a fire, or something. Because if you're going to instigate that, you cannot then be mad at how somebody reacts to a dog fight. And that's, this is, this is, this is, that's what I try to say, Max. When I was talking to Dom Jones, I was like, man, this is a clear example of run up, get done up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I like that. I'm about to take that one. Further, though. I agree. I don't disagree with y'all, but given the circumstances and knowing what type of microscope you're under on an NFL stage, if they want to press charges, Miles, you got you to be ready to take that and fight that. You know what I'm saying? You know not to do that. I don't, you know what I mean? Mason Rudolph got exactly what he deserved. But at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Now, now, now that you just clocked this dude up beside the head and could have freaking knocked him out, bust his head open, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Now you got to be ready for whatever whatever punishment they throw down. You know what I'm saying? So, shit. One year, two yeah, years. Yeah. Of, I, I agree with you. I agree you with you, know Dom, only because just as I said, I Mason Rudolph should be prepared when he charges Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett got to be prepared for his you know, ramifications also. Right. I think the legal action's taking it a little bit too far because – where, where, where do you draw the line? You know what I'm saying? The new targeting mm-hmm. penalty. Say a, say a safety, you know, hits a guy coming across the middle, helmet to helmet target, and knocks the guy out. All right, it's football, but it is illegal. It's a penalty. He gets fined. He's suspended. Can that guy now sue? Like Chase said, I think it's a slippery slope. We start allowing them to sue for stuff that, you know, arguments, scuffles that happen in the game. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> It is. It sounds like two little boys got in a fight, and that's all. Well, that's what we live in right there. That's the story we live in right here is uh, four-type situations. So we've actually seen a fight like that in practice. So that's why I wasn't even like, you know what I'm saying, shot. So, I mean, We've been seeing that. Everybody everybody in the world sees it, but when it happened in practice, we would just show up the next day. You know what I'm saying? Send my man to go get stitched up. What? We didn't even stop the period. We kept it moving. Coach, the coaches was mad because they were on the field and we couldn't continue practice. That was what they were more <laughs> mad about. We couldn't get the next play ran. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, man, I just think, and my thing is, I think it'd be easy because hockey players, there's been a couple incidents where hockey players have been charged with hitting people with a stick. You know what I'm saying? So that's my thing. Like, it's, it wouldn't be far-fetched for somebody to press charges in that situation. But then also, I'm I'm disappointed in Miles Garrett. Like, yo, man, you could have pieced him up real quick, whatever. Like, you didn't have to do that to that. Although he was being a little B-word, like, you didn't have to do all that, bro. 
Hey, saying? fight or flight. Don't enter the fight. You know what I'm saying? Look, in the heat of the battle, I got something. You know, I'm swinging. <laughs> whatever's in my whatever's in my hand. Whatever's in my hand. Thank you. I tried to bring that point across when I was talking to Don about this situation because he was like, you really think this? We need to bring this to the podcast. I'm like, listen, there's a point in time and I was talking to this about when I was doing a podcast earlier and I was talking to the host about the situation and I was like, yo, you're literally in a space where you're playing that game and you're blackout. Like there gets to a point where you blackout as far as emotion of empathy, like all these different types of things that are actually like human traits. Like there's a blackout point. And I don't know okay. if you guys have been there, but I've been there. I've been blackout. Okay. Yeah. I have to tell you this. Okay. So you're, what that is, is okay. So that's a, that's a specific feeling where you're like totally blacked out. And you're just kind of like running on an auto type of thing. Imagine if you were running on auto, but you were doing it in high vibration. And so you were like seeing like how you say you're blackout, you don't see it, you're just fucking crazy. You're actually seeing what you're doing and you're doing it on purpose. You'd be that much better of an athlete. That's how it is when you're on stage and you're in high vibration and you're like in a meditative state. You, It's just like your body feels euphoric and you perform and then you get off the stage and you're like, oh shit, was that even me? But it's high vibration and it feels so good. See, that's what we're going to do. Me and you, we got to start a business. We got we to start, yeah. But we got to start this high vibrations business because we're we talking about player performance. Now we got some bread. Now we got some bread in there. We're talking about player performance. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, they'll, they'll put money into that. Yeah, we, we've actually, um, as a, we've actually had a, uh, uh, what is it? What is the guy name that tried to hypnotize us? We had a sleep doctor. No, he was trying to hit whatever he was. He was we we didn't believe in it. So if you would have maybe gave us like a like some they, they didn't give us no details on how this supposed to work. When I when that guy came in there to try to hypnotize us or control our minds or give us some sleep, better sleep or something like that, like I was thinking like, oh y'all really don't believe in us, huh? Y'all really think we about to lose? <laughs> so I was like, in my head, I was like, oh y'all really think we suck, huh? So that's how I, I think was he thinking. tried to. I think he tried to get us one time also to to envision the win. I guess it was something like that. Okay, like, y'all pulling out all the stops. Yeah, because girl was like, "Look, I'm about to get fired anyway. I'm about to just pull out all the stops. We gonna figure something out." Yeah, man, for teams and for people working on like a collective effort, it really is interesting how doing those kinds of things can make a difference. You know, not just fucking sitting there and visualizing it. That's stupid. There's an actual practice behind it, you know? So, like, they have to do it right or not do it at all, I guess. Do you think it needs to be done individually or can you do it as a group? Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, I don't know. Shit, I'm going to sound like such an idiot right now. But I'm going to say this is important. Those two brothers, uh, football players, like, all right, this is going to be a terrible story. But anyway, they're super, super great football players. I guarantee you, without a doubt. In fact, I'm positive. One of them's married to Giselle, uh, that model lady. Tom Brady. I'm totally out of Tom Brady? Right now. Yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady. Oh, the greatest football player of all time. Yeah, yeah, right? right? You know, that Brady guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they, those two people, they fuck with energy. And, like, Giselle fucks with Tom's energy. So, like, these high-level players, they for sure are messing with energies. Let me just tell you that. I don't know if they're messing with dark energies or positive energies, but we'll stick with the light energies over here. I was definitely uh, on the dark side. 
Um, yes, you were. I could feel you. I could, everybody yeah. is at some you point. Like, toxic is, it's everywhere, but. Yeah, you can feel it right now. It was definitely dark. And it was a, a place that I went to on purpose. It wasn't you a place. To, you had to embrace that uh, darkness. I was going to say, it's just like with meditation and stuff, man, it, it feels like the, I guess the stereotype is that, you know, it mellows you out, brings you to a happy place. Well, I'm about to start a game. That's the last place I want to be, is mellowed out and relaxed. <laughs> well, so it, it will, it will take game, you to a mellow place, it. but it will, it'll also bring forth the, the deep-seated issues that actually are within your mind because whatever's, like, deep within you, when you clear your actual mind, it comes forth to your consciousness. So you're going to go – healing, like, when people talk about healing, it's not, like, a love and light thing. Healing is very, like, intra-focused, and uh, it's a really shitty, hard-ass process to go through. So if you ever met anybody that's been like, yeah, dude, I've been healing for the past year, that motherfucker's strong. That's what he's trying to say to you. Interesting. Interesting. So, long story short, instead of me going to the dark side to try to hurt people, I should have been going to the light side and been performing at a high level, slowing the game at down. a high level, high you know level performance in life, in football, in everything. Yeah, no, that's it's, uh, we're, we're like we're like six out, we're like six years too late. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're like six years too late on that space because uh, literally it was like a thought process of like, uh, okay, I got to be. Uh, this dark person. So, yeah. And you see um, how it got you as a person and where that puts you in terms of happiness. Like, that's not the vibe. And I'll be telling people, like, you know, like, people be like, you're very nice and cool and uh, things when I meet you, like, and I'm like, uh, like in business and things of that nature, I was like, you know, I'm cool, high, like, but I can also go to, like, dark spaces. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As far as, like, um, you know, when you feel like people take advantage of you and things of that nature, like I'll be telling um, um, people that I mess with, like, yeah, I'm cool now, but don't make me go back. I don't want to go back. That's not where I want to be. That's a, that's a different space. It's kind of like Stranger Things. You want Stranger Things? I'll leave it now. You don't even watch Stranger Things. Yeah, you can release that paradigm. Like, you've shifted out of that. You're going into higher consciousness now. None of that other shit is relevant to you. Yeah, yeah. So, it is what it is. Um, well, this has been this has been solid. Uh, this has been solid right here. So, where can we reach you at, Ali? Where can where can everybody reach you? At? Where can they you know reach out to you if they're trying to get their spirit right? What's good? Yeah, yeah. Um, follow me on the gram at the real Ali Lee. Um, you can follow me on the Twitter at the real Ali Lee, but I don't check it. So, uh, <laughs> I feel like I have a website soon, but right now that's all I've got. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, Dom Joe Max, who got the gas of the week this week before I do this closing? It's definitely Dom Joe. Oh, I did the week before you did last week. All right. So, that was, so Dom Joe, you got the gas of the week. Stay ready for that. Um, before we get out of here, before we get out of here, we obviously know we've learned that we need to we need to get in tune with ourselves a little better. Do you have any advice for us to do that, Ali? Like, how do we start from square one? We are trying to like. Really be in tune ourselves. Have that intuition like you have. Like, how do we get to that? I know you were born with it, but how can I become more in tune? Um, well, the first thing you can do is anytime you feel yourself, uh, like, thinking about what to do or what to say, just don't think about it and just do it, whatever it is. And it's going to feel weird for a little bit, but then it starts to feel really, really good. Um, like, just extreme vulnerability. Put yourself in those kinds of positions on purpose, and everything will just get really weird for a while. It feels so good. 
Extreme vulnerability. I like that actually. I like extreme vulnerability. I feel like you can only grow when you're vulnerable. Literally. In vulnerable spaces. So that's actually great that you put it that way because that shows the growth space that you're talking about. We're talking about getting better as people. We're talking about learning more about ourselves. But really, we can't do that until we're uncomfortable with ourselves. Exactly. I'm putting it together. I'm putting the pieces together. I'm putting <laughs> Together on the Cut the Check podcast. So, um, Ali, thank you. Really appreciate you jumping on here. We've been trying. I've been trying to get on here for almost probably like shoot, maybe like three months. So I know you're so busy, man. I know, I know. We're we're busy, but we appreciate it. I'm sure it's going to be an amazing podcast. Hope everybody got something out of this. Dom Joe is about to bring us home with the gas of the week. Hey, man. Um, this gas of the week is coming straight off the top, basically. Um, echoing what Ali just said, man. But this week, man, going into this week, I want everybody to focus on the goals and not the obstacles, man. So whatever you got to go, whatever you got going on, go into it with the attitude that I will not be stopped, man. And I'm going to get to my goal by any means necessary, man. Focus on the goals all week and not the obstacles. And we out. I think you did that same gas about everybody rewinded to Dom Joe's last gas. I think he did the same thing. Goals over obstacles. But we're going to take it and we out. We'll holler at y'all next week. <laughs>